start where you are. Use what you have and do the best you can and take one step at a time. And you will be surprised how far that will take you because mm -hmm. doors will open for you that were not open before. Welcome to Diversity Dish, where we're dishing on everything diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice related. My name is Sidrola Maruska, and we're bridging the gap between what needs to be said and what needs to be heard. Those individual experiences that are often ignored or simply dismissed. Sometimes I'm dining alone, sometimes I'm dining with friends, and sometimes I'm dining a la carte. No matter how I'm dining, it promises to be delicious. Let's dig in. She helps women to be unstoppable by leveling up across nine vital life areas so they can achieve their professional and personal transformation goals to secure leadership roles and business opportunities. Her name is Elizabeth Batala, and she is the founder of the Institute for Achievement and Excellence. After 30 plus years in the corporate world and mentoring many along the way, she decided to package her expertise and experience. She created masterclass programs that are based on the three forces in achieving excellence, which contain the nine fundamental life areas crucial for taking a holistic approach to achieving personal and professional fulfillment. She knows that in many industries, women are still underrepresented and find it challenging to get the sponsorship they need for their professional advancement. She is passionate to help women tap into their genius to achieve the balance and success they seek in their lives. She believes in being the change she wishes to see in the world because leading by example has a greater impact than words. Welcome back to Diversity Dish. My guest today, as you've heard, is Elizabeth Batala. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? I am fine. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me on your show. Absolutely. It is my pleasure. You are in the UK, correct? Yes, that's correct. In the UK. So, so as we're talking, you are in the future. You're living in the future. So what does the future look like? Uh, it's the UK. So it's not entirely sunny. It's cloudy, but it's pleasant. Good, good, good. Well, Elizabeth, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about, I think we're going to really get into some conversations as they relate to women and women empowerment and women taking ownership. But before we get into all of that, my first question is always, what are you most passionate about right now? I am doing actually what I'm most passionate about right now, which is to uh, bring various programs and different inputs to uh, women to help them in their leadership journey, you know, just leveling up so that they, they meet the expectations uh, and their dreams that they want to achieve for themselves. I love it. It's so great that you're working within your passion because not everybody gets the opportunity to do that. Yes. So how did you discover, so to speak, this passion? How did you discover this space for yourself? Sadie, it actually was a journey, a fairly long journey. 
because um, I have worked in the corporate environment for oh, more than 30 years now. And within that time, I've, I've navigated different, different industries, predominantly male-dominated industries, so like IT, banking, oil and gas, um, professional services. And I've, I've worked at all different levels of organizations, from junior levels all the way up to directorship levels. And within that space of time over those 30 years, I have had women in particular, men too, but women in particular, uh, confiding in me about different aspects to their lives that they were not happy with, uh, both personally and professionally, but predominantly professionally. And they kept telling me, you know, the stories. And I realized that I was hearing more or less the same concerns, the same questions, uh, the, the same issues, the same problems that they were facing. And it all sort of stemmed around the difficulty of navigating the corporate space and navigating it successfully as a female. And the more women that I, that I helped informally, of course, because it wasn't yet part of my job description, but the more women I helped is, strangely enough, the better I felt about and, uh, and more hopeful about the future, about the future for women. Mm -hmm. And I think that the passion for that developed over time. So the organic growth, which is fantastic, came from mm -hmm. already helping. So yes. you started helping and you said, wait a minute, I think I can do this. I think mm -hmm. I want to do this for more women. Mm -hmm. And I just love that. If you wouldn't mind, what are some specific things that people would talk to you about that you would think, oh, well, we can do, we can help that with this. What are some of the specifics mm -hmm. that people would bring to you that seem to be a running narrative when people would ask you for help? Uh, where the women were concerned, a lot of it had to do with them being overlooked, being overlooked for promotions, being overlooked in meetings, being uh, talked uh, down to, uh, being silenced. And then there is the whole aspect of microaggression, which in a way is sort of that, that passive silencing, what a woman is all about. Um, th the jokes that mm -hmm. people on the outside may look at and think, well, it's no big deal. It may not be a big deal in isolation, but constantly over a period of time, it chips away at one soul. Yeah. So it's it the the, the, the majority of the conversations uh, were around that space, the microaggression aspect of things, and just simply being overlooked and undervalued as a female and what that that female brought to the table. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I can. I can, I can relate. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm sure many of us can. <laughs> we've all, I think we've all been there. Any, any mm. woman who has been in the corporate space can mm. say, oh yeah, I, I remember, or I know of an incident or a friend of mine or whatever it is, we, we've all been there and we mm -hmm. can definitely relate to that. So what were some of the things that you did to help these women? Because I think that because your passion is tied into this and this is what you do now, what are some mm -hmm. of the things you did then and now that you're doing, uh, I believe your, your business is the Institute for Achievement and Excellence, correct? Correct, yes. 
So within the Institute for Excellence, Achievement and Excellence, what is it that you do to help women get past some of these things? Different aspects, Sedi. So the first thing that the Institute offers is online masterclass programs. And these programs are very, very specific because they help women level up across what I call nine vital life areas very quickly so that they can then take that and translate that into the professional world or the business world or the entrepreneurial world so that they can assume leadership roles or stand up in front of an audience or be that businesswoman that they want to be. And these programs address areas, what I call the nine life areas and areas of control. Because in many circumstances, women will find themselves in situations where there are things that happen outside of them and it, you know, it's difficult to control or influence, but then there are areas where the woman has control. We have control and we have control over ourselves and how we, how we step up, how we show up that determines how fast we move up. (laughs) I like to say, (laughs) and the programs are all about helping women achieve that, helping them achieve it. in in, in a very short space of time Mm -hmm. through all of the experiences I've had, the experiences of other successful women. And and that's that's the the, the vision. So it's it's online masterclass programs, as well as consultancy, which I do with businesses for their induction processes, for example, as well as coaching. So it's a a three-pronged process, but uh, anyone can step in at any time. So you can do the programs on your own, the masterclasses on your own. I can help you along the way, or it can be part of something that your organization offers should they choose to collaborate with me. Nice. I like yes. that. I like that a lot. So you're when you're talking about the nine vital life areas, mm-hmm. what are some of those areas? So you said that there are areas, there are things that are going to happen outside of us that yes. we don't have control over, which that is in every area of life. We have, there are mm-hmm. things we don't have control over, but mm-hmm. we do have control over ourselves and a yes. lot of the things that we do. And so when you say that there are nine vital life areas, what are, what are those life areas? So first of all, Sadie, the the nine vital life areas, and I'll just name them out very quickly and then Mm -hmm. explain the the whole reasoning behind it. They are based on something called the three forces in achieving excellence. And excellence is not about being perfect, perfection is unattainable. That's right. Excellence, (laughs) Excellence is about showing up in your best possible way, your best, the best version of you. That's what excellence is all about. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not a standard measurement. So it's not measured against, you know, the yardstick of what you should or shouldn't be. It's a personal choice. It's your personal best, whether that is best for the world or someone else, it's irrelevant. It's your personal best. So the framework, the three forces in achieving excellence contains what I call the area of identity. And that is about you as an individual your connections, which, are, which is your relationships, and then your status, which is like your finances. The nine life areas is, an ex, is a model based on those three forces. So for mm-hmm. example, the identity has three life areas in it. 
the connections has three life areas in it and mm -hmm. the status has three life areas. So we end up with nine life areas. Okay. okay? Mm -hmm. So in terms of your identity, the three life areas, we look at your personal brand, your demeanor, so how you carry yourself, walk, talk, etc., and your personal style. How do you physically show up? Mm -hmm. Yeah, your personal style. In your connections, we look at your physical health, your mental health, and your emotional health. Mm -hmm. And then finally, in the status section, we look at your profession in terms of how you engage with others, your superiors, your colleagues, etc., your finances, how well do you manage those? Because mm -hmm. money has an impact. It has an impact in your life. Mm -hmm. And then finally, your future. What is your outlook? What are your plans for your future? How do you intend on leaving your legacy behind? Mm -hmm. So the nine life areas, take, it takes a holistic approach to leveling up. Mm -hmm. So that when you as a female step forward, you are stepping forward, not only empowered, but as a full, comfortable, confident human being in all aspects of your life, which is how it should be. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I love that because what that says to me is that it applies to us all, all mm. women, mm -hmm. right? It applies to us in owning who we are and Correct. therefore coming into spaces fully who we are it doesn't rely on someone else's opinion of who we should be which is mm. fantastic um mm. you said something really great which was uh it's not about how where you should or how you should or what should be it's about what is and what the possibilities are and mm -hmm. I find that a lot of times uh, we get stuck in the shoulds because we've been socialized with the shoulds. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're this age, you should be in this grade, right? Mm -hmm. So therefore you're this age, you should be at this level. You're this mm -hmm. age, you should be uh, partnered up or you should have children already or you mm -hmm. should, right? So there's so many shoulds that we get that we have to kind of dislodge that within ourselves to be able to like you said look at the nine areas work on those nine areas and simply show up in the space and and confident in the space that we are so I absolutely I love that quite a bit I can see how it can be life-changing for sure for anyone to to say oh you mean I can do it the way I want to do, like I can exactly. do it <laughs> the way that exactly, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, think of it like a dimmer switch, Sadie. Think, think of it like a dimmer switch. It's not that if one life area isn't worked on, it, it, you won't succeed. But it's like a dimmer switch. The more life areas that you work on, and right. you continue to work on, is the brighter you will shine. Yes. yes. So that's why I attribute it to, uh, so I compare it to a dimmer switch. And you choose to, to work on which life area you want first. It could be that your finances may not be where you want it to be, or your health may not be where you want it to be, or perhaps you're not comfortable with the way you look in, in terms of how you dress and show up. Mm -hmm. So you can choose which, which area, life area you start with first. And someone may think, 
oh my goodness, nine, that's too many. <laughs> but the thing right. is, you don't have to be perfect in all to see right. the results. And you don't have to do all every day. I don't exercise every day. I exercise right. once, you know, every other day or three times a week. But right. by the end of the week, I would have given at least some of my attention to, to, the, to the life areas that helps me, you know, holistically be mm -hmm. where I want to be. Mm -hmm. So it can be, it can be anything that you needed to be at the moment in time. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Right. And you also said something earlier that is very important is that there's no perfection. Perfection no. is an illusion and perfection is one of those things that keeps us stuck. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just thinking to myself, there's, there's a project that I'm working on and <laughs> it's kind of been sitting and there's really no reason for it to just be sitting around. Mm. And then when I thought about it, when I gave myself enough space to think about it, I was like, I'm holding myself back. Mm. I'm doing this because I'm thinking to myself, oh, it's not as good as I, as it could be. Well, it's never going to be as good. It's as never it going to be, be exactly. Right? Yes. So I have to just decide that it's going now. Now is, is good enough. And if it needs to be revised, we can revise as much as we need to going forward and start where you are. Better. Use what you have and do the best you can and take one step at a time. And you will be surprised how far that will take you because doors will open for you that were not open before. So I thought of this. And so I'm like, okay, I'm letting it go. I'm going to, I'm going to release it. I'm going to do it. I'm moving forward. Right. And so I think that that is in line with what you're talking about in that there are some things that we have control over mm -hmm. that if we don't think about the control that we have over them, we think that it's something else. Yes. We think that, oh, what are they going to think about it? Mm -hmm. Rather than what do I think about it? I think it's ready to go. It's going to go. Mm. So we just, it, there's, there's a shift there that needs to happen. And I don't think that it's a one-time shift. No. No, what are because you this, um, this, this transformation or personal journey that we're on, it is a journey. <laughs> That's why it's called a journey. Right. It is con it's continual. It's continual. You know, I haven't learned everything that I need to learn. I am still learning every single day. And even when I feel that I have mastered something, I learn something that shows me you still have more to learn. Mm -hmm. You may learn, you may know a lot about that topic, but you don't know everything there is to know. Mm -hmm. about that topic and you probably never will right so learning is a continual cycle and what I would say to people who are probably apprehensive or people who may feel oh but you know I I, I don't have the resources or you know I, I have never I didn't have the education or etc or whatever the reason may be I challenge you and I say to you start where you are use what you have and do the best you can and take one step at a time. And you will be surprised how far 
that will take you because mm -hmm. doors will open for you that were not open before. Mm -hmm. You have to take that step. You have to make that step. You are important enough. You are worthy enough and you are enough to take mm -hmm. that step and make your life what you want it to be because no one is going to do it for you. No, one. absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. You, you have to take the step. You have to take the step in order for that thing to come closer. Just mm -hmm. the, even this one step takes you closer and then things begin to move towards you. I've watched it in my life mm -hmm. many times mm -hmm. where I've said, you know what, this is what I'm doing. And all of a sudden the floodgates open. There's someone talking to me about it. There's someone offering me some help about it. There's someone, there's, there are things that come to you once you take that step mm -hmm. forward using whatever you have. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I started this podcast with my phone and a headset. <laughs> <laughs> and look at you now. <laughs> I've got a microphone. I don't, I still don't have fancy equipment, but I make what I have work because I said, this is what I want to do. All I need are conversations. Who are some people that I know that I can have conversations with initially? So initially Same. you will see that it's my friends and family that mm -hmm. were guests on the podcast. And then we move out and more people come and you reach out to more people and more people say yes. And then all of a sudden full of new people that I've met with incredible stories because mm -hmm. I just decided I'm, I'm just going to do it. Mm. There's something I read a while ago that said that the worry or being stuck is a product of not making a decision. Mm. And soon after reading that, I decided to make decisions more quickly rather than thinking that I had to overanalyze all the information that I got. Mm. And sometimes I think as women, we overanalyze. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. And I'll, t I'll tell you something, Sadie. You know, there, there are obviously many traits that we so-called, and, and I, I'm saying in quotes here, successful people, because success is a, is a measurement, again, that mm -hmm. it depends on who is, who is, you know, looking. But the majority of people that the world will consider successful there is only really one difference between those who achieve success and those who don't. And apart from the, I know there are different things like mindset and different aspects, but there's one main thing. Successful people take action. They take action. Because I'll tell you something, many, many successful people, they start off not having a clue what it is, how yeah. it is. They just know that they need to achieve this they fixated on the goal and they kept going, regardless of the circumstances, regardless mm -hmm. of what was thrown at them. They kept going. They took consistent and consecutive action. Mm -hmm. And I am here to tell women, to tell anyone who would listen, mm -hmm. that you can achieve what you want. You can be as successful as you dream of, or, or maybe even beyond what, you're, what you dream of, mm -hmm. if you continue to take the action and take one step at a time and move forward toward your dream, regardless of how small those steps are. Yes. Another thing that I think that we could really take a look at is we live in a society, we live in a world that is all about the instant gratification. 
Mm-hmm. So we start something, we want something to happen within mm. a month, two months, three months, six months, right? Rather than thinking that we're playing a long game, that we're going to be consistent, we're going to keep doing what we're doing, and we're going to believe in it enough to keep doing it, even when no one else is showing up for it, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I think that that is also part of it. Start where you are with what you have and do the best what you you're going to do. Mm. Do the best you can. Do it consistently and believe in, in it enough so that even if just your mother is the person who is consistently listening or consistently <laughs> right cheering you on, you know that your time is is coming and the work and the effort that you're putting in is not in vain. Because mm-hmm. no matter what, you're learning something as you mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. My first podcast episodes sound very different than my podcast <laughs> episodes now. <laughs> I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. I'll tell you, sometimes you just have to jump in and say, okay, I, I've, I've done the necessary homework. I mm-hmm. don't need to keep analyzing. Let mm-hmm. me do it. And if something comes up, I will research it. I'll figure it out, but I'm going to keep moving. Keep going. Forward. Exactly. You've said something quite important there, Sadie, and you've said, do the research. I'm not saying to people out there, just jump in because you need to have a goal you need to have you need to understand Mm -hmm. where it is you're going so that you know that you're moving towards your goal in the right way you're you're moving in the right direction because what you don't want is to take action and that action can also take you further away from your dream right yes but this is where things like you know success I always say success leaves clues it it leaves clues Mm -hmm. there are many many resources out there now there is no reason to not do what you need to do or to to, to get the information. Information is out there. And whether it's through a mentor, whether it's through a coach, whether it's through a program, a course, a book, uh, an online video, you know, speaking to someone who has been there, done that, you can find a way. You can find a way and take those steps forward in the right direction to achieve what you need to achieve, always. Yes. So tell us a little bit about how you realized that this was something that you could do. Hmm. You, you told us a little bit about your journey of getting to where you are, but why were you the person that people would come to talk to (laughs) and share this information with? I believe it's a combination of things. Firstly, I've always been the curious sort. So I was always, that helped me to be quite proactive. I never waited for someone to tell me to do something. I was always curious and I needed to find out why because mm-hmm. I always wanted to find out why so that I can implement it in my life or I can let it go because it mm-hmm. didn't serve me. So that proactivity, that trait helped me to find solutions to problems. And when I found the solution, I always wanted an easy way to implement it. And to be quite honest, the quickest way for that solution to help me with the issue that I have. Mm -hmm. So I was always refining, redefining any solutions that I would implement in my life in a way that would make it easier or in a way that I would see the results faster. Mm -hmm. So that's one. The second thing is 
I always learned from others very quickly. Um, mm -hmm. I, I never really had a problem learning quickly. And I used what I learned and I implemented it. And I think by implementing it and people noticing that, more and more people started asking me, well, what did you do? How did you accomplish that so quickly? How did you achieve the result you achieved? I'm having the same issue. What did you do? And I also was never afraid to ask questions. So mm -hmm. I, would, I would go up to someone who was much more experienced than I would and ask, well, how did you do that? And why? And question. And as a result, I think people saw that I got the results. People saw that my life was changing um, mm -hmm. very quickly and they wanted to be part of that journey and and I was very happy to take them along with me also I in my career I lectured at universities and colleges mm -hmm. so I also had people coming to me from <clears throat> a perspective where I was the authority in that area so mm -hmm. it was it was a combination of things mm -hmm. I like that that's <laughs> That's, that's great. You know, the, the curiosity is so important. And I think mm. that you're definitely, I can see how people would gravitate towards someone who's, you know, curious and who's asking the questions, because sometimes we don't want to ask the questions ourselves of people that we are just aren't sure if they're willing to share, but projecting that you, the willingness to share and also having the information that's very key, I think, in your success in, in, in what you're doing. So I talk to entrepreneurs, so female entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. as well as small business owners. And usually we're talking about equity and inclusion within the workplace. Yes. And what are some tips that you might have for a small business or even an entrepreneur who may, may be or may not be female on how to project or how to be more equitable or inclusive within the organization to help women who are working within themselves, who are working on these nine areas, but to help them feel confident that this is a place where they can grow and be of great value? That is a great question and a very big question. It is kind of big. <laughs> Yes, because in terms of supporting women, it starts from the beginning of the journey to the end of the journey. And what do I mean by that? If I were to scope it into just uh, an organization, I am talking about that journey from the moment an advertisement goes out asking mm -hmm. to, for that role to be filled Mm -hmm. to the point where someone is exiting the organization. So that's the journey I'm speaking about. Mm -hmm. And there are multiple instances during the course of someone's employment that that support can be interjected, especially for women. So if we were to look at just the hiring process, on many, many occasions, and, and I have sat on boards where I have been on the interview panel as well, and I have seen it and experienced it firsthand. So everything I'm talking about here are things I've seen and experienced firsthand. Mm -hmm. um, many women, if they cannot do a role almost perfectly, let's say in the 90s percentile of the role, they will not apply for it. Yep. Most. There's always exception to the rule, but many women, the majority of women will not apply for a role unless they can do in the 90s percentile of that job. Mm -hmm. Men, on the other hand, as long as they can do at least 50 to 60, sometimes even less, 
they will apply for it. They will apply. So that's one. There is there, there is that that aspect to it. So I believe that in the way the the job is phrased or the job is 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 communicated, that needs to be taken into consideration. Mm-hmm. In the interview process, let's look at the interview process. Men do tend to show up more confident. Because remember, a woman is sitting there questioning herself. Do I really, can I really do this job? Do I really have what it takes to get it done? Will they listen to me? Am I going to be strong enough to, to be able to hold my own in that position? That interferes with the interview process yeah. in the or way she I, shows or, up. Or, or are they going to notice that that one thing, one thing that I don't know how to do yes. is not on my resume? Exactly. <laughs> All right. And that's, that's just a tiny speck of what happens in the interview process. Now, during, during the, the journey within the organization, you know, women tend to, in, in meetings, maybe not speak up as much, or when they do, they are shut down. Or they may be in a situation where in a meeting, they are the only woman sitting at the table. And that has happened to me on many occasions. That's just in, in a meeting, in a meeting situation. Or mm-hmm. they maybe have been the one generate who has generated the idea, but then someone else takes that idea and expands on it and doesn't give them credit for it. Mm-hmm. All right. So these are things that organizations need to realize. Another issue can be, you know, towards leaving the organization, not having a good exit process to find out exactly why are they leaving the organization? Yeah. You know, not having aspects in place like to assist them or be there for them when they have to take care of you know, their children, Mm -hmm. because even though women are in the world of work, the majority of (laughs) the household duties still falls on the female. Right. Right. So she has two jobs. Basically, she has two jobs. Yes. (laughs) Right. Um, So there are many, many things within an organization that employers can do to assist. Training is one aspect of it. Flexible working hours is one aspect of it understanding the different biases is another aspect of it so there, there are many things there, there are many many things Sadie yes it is layered yes <laughs> and layered upon layered <laughs> mm. for sure yes but you did hit on some very very relevant and very important points there making sure that you're not relying on your biases to mm first of all, interview women, Mm. because women and men will show up differently. And Mm -hmm. so you think, oh, he's very confident. She seemed a little not so confident. Mm -hmm. But looking past that and looking at the capabilities, because maybe she showed up, who knows why she showed up not so confident. You know, Mm. like I said, it could be that she was nervous that there was mm-hmm. one or two, there were one or two things on her resume that she was concerned would be a flag and they weren't. So now all of a sudden she's thinking, are they going to notice here while I'm in the interview that, that, that might be a problem. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Right. So working to look beyond that. And then there's also a lot of times where culture plays into this as well so Mm -hmm. we're talking about women but women differ culturally 
And if we are looking at women from different cultures, they react to the whole process differently. And so mm -hmm. it's really important for people to be trained or to understand that a lot of times they're making decisions based on their biases and not based on the person, the human being that is sitting in front of them necessarily thinking that they can't do something because they don't do it or would not seem to do it in the same way that someone else would do it, right? The comparison, mm -hmm. the saying, oh, well, we need someone who's a little bit more forceful or we need some, do you though? <laughs> I <think> exactly. <laughs> I think yeah. sometimes we get lost in the weeds thinking that there's specific traits that people need to have in order to be successful in whatever it is. Mm -hmm. When in reality, there are many ways to skin a cat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm right? Mm -hmm. So there are many ways to be successful in whatever position is being put forth. So but I always say to, I always say to the ladies, yes, there, there are many ways, but always, always look at what you can do to level yes. yourself up so yes. that you, you, you make yourself say that you make yourself so good that you cannot be ignored. Mm -hmm. yeah? yeah. A big part of that journey is the individual taking responsibility for themselves. And yes, I do understand and I have been victim to it where things have happened outside of the scope of my influence or outside mm -hmm. of the scope of my control, right? But what I did do is I took responsibility for the areas that I did have control over and I made sure and I, I really, really spent time leveling up those areas so mm -hmm. that I showed up in a position or in a situation to the best of my ability. Mm -hmm. So if I did not get through or I was not successful, it's not because I didn't try my best. It's simply because either it wasn't meant to be, it was out of scope for me, or there were other influences beyond my control mm -hmm. that made that decision. But mm -hmm. at least I did the best that I could have to make it possible. Right. And feel good that you did <laughs> yes yes not worry yeah. that you didn't right that you mm -hmm. didn't put your best foot forward oh i could have done this better just do it one of the things that that i learned also along the way is to not continuously or continue to overanalyze something after it's been done right <laughs> you've set something off you've done that interview and then you spend hours you give hours mm -hmm. of your life over analyzing the things that you think or you feel you you could have done better or you didn't do mm -hmm. really it's about saying I did my best right so what we're talking about mm -hmm. is being showing up and doing your very best mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. did my best I submitted it I'm done Mm -hmm. and moving on to the next thing mm -hmm. because there's mm -hmm. no because once it's done there it's not as if you can change it right it's mm -hmm. already out there it's mm -hmm. it's out so own it and move on and then if if there's some something up that comes that says hey can you fix this fix it own it send it off and move on so it's it's really important for us, especially as women, to not beat ourselves up, basically, is what we're saying. 
Oh, we oh. do that very well, don't we? We do that so well. We're so well. We're masters at that. I want us to be masters at something else. The world needs us to be masters at something else. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I completely understand that. There are even times now in, in my own life where, you know, I sometimes analyze something too much and that rumination comes in and it, it just, it, it kills the soul. Yes. Uh, so analyzing is important. We need to analyze to see Mm-hmm. what you know maybe we have done something not necessarily wrong but maybe there are things that we could have done better so the next time something comes up yes. we ensure that we fix that or we yes. adjust that mm-hmm. yeah so analyzing is important because it yes. helps us grow but the ruminate <laughs> the ruminating it's the, it's the, the over analyzing over analyzing as you said living in the analysis room (laughs) yes bring me my food here bring me my drink here i'm i'm over analyzing that's what we don't want to do yeah exactly (laughs) yes that's what we don't want to do so elizabeth can you tell us how people can work with you what what are how are some of the ways that people can work with you i mean i you told us that you do coaching and you do consulting and you also have masterminds. Where can people find you? The best place to, to start and the easiest place to find me and all the links that are attributed to me, it's it's on my website. And that's courses.achievementandexcellence.com. So if you, and, and you put notes. in the link, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, to, on If you go there, all of the masterclasses are there. All the social links are there. Um, the way to contact me is there via email, etc. And I would say that's the easiest and the best way to communicate and, and, and just start the ball rolling for yourself should you choose. Also, what I want to let uh, ladies know as well is that when you do go on the website, there is a free assessment. So, you know, this is not a sales pitch for me. If you choose to take on board something, they're great. If not, at least do the assessment, because what the assessment does is it asks various questions across all nine life areas, and it can help you understand at least where your strengths are Mm -hmm. and where the the areas are that you still need improvement. And then you can make an informed decision, whether it's to continue your journey with me or continue your journey with someone else. Mm -hmm. But you cannot, it's very difficult to achieve your success if you don't establish the gap and the gap is where are you now where would you like to be mm-hmm. and the, the that gap is the gap that you need to close or need to work on and as you said Sadie it is going to be continual it never ends mm-hmm. but at least if you identify where you are now then you are in a better you have a better chance of succeeding in terms of where it is you would like to be in the future or your goals Awesome. That's awesome. Yes. I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's free. It's free. It's free. It's you don't free. have to pay for it. It's free. It, yes. <laughs> that's great. So I'm definitely going to do it. Definitely going to put the link in the show notes because I would love for people to go ahead and do that because mm-hmm. we all need to know where we, where we fall. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes the hardest part is looking in the mirror and seeing mm-hmm. the person, the, the person that is there, seeing mm-hmm. yourself. And we want to see what everybody else sees, but, or we see what everybody else sees, but we, it's really hard to see ourselves into. Mm-hmm. So being able to do that would be fantastic. 
Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. I have appreciated this conversation, but before I let you go, <laughs> I have to ask you, what is your favorite dish, Elizabeth? Oh, <laughs> well, that is a hard one. And I will tell you, Sadie, why that's a hard one. I am originally from the Caribbean. And in the Caribbean, it's 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 a wide mix of cultures. I mean, yes. I, I, I have friends from all walks of life. And we eat at each other's home a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> in the Caribbean. Yes, Food is a, absolutely. It's, it's a big thing. It's a yes. big thing. So I have... Asian friends, I have African friends, I have Indian friends, I have, oh my goodness. So I have been exposed to all different types of food. Yes. But my favorite dish is the one that mommy prepares. Whatever mommy mommy (laughs) makes, I love it. No one can beat mommy's cooking. (laughs) I love it. Absolutely. And I so understand that very much. So where from in the Caribbean are you from? My roots are Haitian. So my parents are from Haiti. So I was, I was born in the United States, but my roots are Mm -hmm. Haitian. And you? I'm originally from Trinidad. It's the most Southern of (gasps) all the Caribbean islands, just above Venezuela. So I'm originally from Trinidad, but I came over to the UK to work and I've been here ever since, but Trinidad is my country of birth. I love it. I love it. My sister-in-law is from Trinidad. So we lovely. I love when she cooks. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Caribbean Um, food. Love it. (laughs) I know. You can't, can't get enough. Can't get enough. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for being here on Diversity Dish. I have really enjoyed the information you've shared, and I know that it's going to really help someone. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Ladies, don't wait. Just just start. Don't wait. Hey, did you enjoy that episode? If so, please leave a review. It would mean the world, but only if it's a good one and you really did enjoy it. In which case, it would be awesome if you help support my work over at patreon.com backslash Cedrola Maruska. And finally, before you go, don't forget diversitydish.com. I'd love to work with you. See you soon.